Welcome back, welcome back. How y'all doing? Come on in, come on in the room. I'm telling y'all, we're going to talk about some things tonight. I tell you, come on in, don't worry. Um, if you ain't got insurance, mm-hmm, we ain't going to even bill your insurance. Come on in, come on in. Let's talk tonight. I hope everybody had a wonderful day. Um, I know I did. Again, a busy day, you know, but I'm thankful to be busy because there's a lot of people out there wishing they had something to be busy doing. Hey, Karen, how you doing? Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Hey, sister-in-law, come on into the bit. Come well into the building. Come on into the um into the patient room tonight. Come on in, y'all. We gonna talk tonight. We got to talk about this thing. We got some things to talk about. So um, let me share this out here. Share. All right, let me get that shared out. How's our volume coming through? Is our video coming through okay? Make sure ain't no glitches um, in here tonight. So we can um, write out this prescription for the problem. Or as I used to have a coworker that used to say, what the problem is? She would always say that. Hey, hey, sister-in-law. All right, let's get into it. If you're catching this on the replay, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I always love to see your hearts and shares on the replay because you could be doing anything else, but you stopped in to see what we're talking about, right? If you're listening to this on one of the many podcast outlets, thank you so much for your shares, subscribes, and follows over there as well. Those of you that are with me Monday through Friday on GDT time, God's divine time. Welcome back, y'all. I miss y'all. How y'all doing out there tonight? So, let's look at something here. Now, as I put this lesson, as I was, this is actually tonight, just, I don't know if I want to lose the word lesson, discussion. I came across this story, right, of this 15-year-old, because we're talking about uh, spiritual sickness tonight, needing a checkup. Mm-hmm. We need to check up. It's a lot of things going on. A lot of things going on. Uh, we need checkups. You know, uh, uh, it's just, it's an infestation almost, right? Uh, uh, viral. It's just a lot going on and infecting a lot of people, infecting a lot of ministries, right? So we're going to talk about that tonight. You know, something that we like to um, almost act like, well, let's just sweep that under the rug. Or, and as the old people say, this too shall pass. Well, this doesn't, you know, seem to be passing unless you acknowledge your thing um, and bring it to forefront. It's just going to keep passing on down and saying, well, this too shall pass. That's the only thing. It's just going to keep passing through and infecting more and more people. So I'm looking at this story, right? And I come across this 15-year-old. Now, this quick little snippet here. It says, 15-year-old Wisconsin boy has been charged with attempted murder for slipping poison into his family's food over a five-week period. His mother, stepfather, and three-year-old half-sister suffered a variety of non-lethal, non-lethal, including stomach, uh, non-lethal symptoms, including stomach pains and vomiting. The alleged predator told the police that he didn't intend to kill him. He didn't want to kill his family. He just wanted to make them ill. And I said, my, my, my. I said, that's a big thing to think about right there. You don't want to kill somebody, but you get them just ill enough to where they're like, man, what's going on? Oh, I don't feel quite right, but I'm going to keep going back and I'm going to keep going through my normal routine, even though that I know something is off, right? And so I kept looking and I said, well, man, what kind of poison um, you know, was he putting in there? Well, this specific poison, which I'm not going to call the company's name, this poison is 95% food and 5% poison. Now, 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 
95% food and 5% poison. I said, my God, that's just a slow death. Now, my, 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 let's get off into this. Just think about that. And y'all will see as we go through this why I had to interject that little story right there. And I'm reading this opinion piece, you know, by Mark Wingfield. If you haven't heard of him, Google him and check it out, right? Talking about spiritual sickness. Now, one of the first ones, because people are hurting out here, right? Given uh, shallow antidotes, right? Shallow uh, uncaring responses when you have people and you can and you look at them but because they look they appear to be okay but there's always something a little bit deeper right and by putting a band-aid over a gaping wound and saying you know what brother and sister you just go home and pray about this and tomorrow this will be lifted out for you some of us some people are wounded so deeply and the, and they're just so sick right and we're just giving little quick fixes, uh, short remedies. Or we look and say, well, let me Google and see if I can come up with something that sounds good uh, uh, to feed the sheep with today. No, that's not how any of this works, right? Spiritual wounds. Some people are uh, so spiritually and deeply wounded. Now, that's when someone is deeply hurt, sometimes by the church, sometimes by family, sometimes by friends, or sometimes different circumstances through throughout the world uh, as a whole, right? Now, the emotional wounds from these spiritual wounds can be so large and so deep till down in the bottom, they're just infected, right? But on the top, it just seems like, you know what? Maybe if I put a little uh, neosporin on top of this, it's a heal up in no time. But the problem is because the base of that wound is untreated, right? Left untreated, spiritual uh, wounds can cause people to start react, start crying out in pain, crying out for acting for help, right? Let's take somebody, just, just say if they've been rejected, um, by the church because of divorce or some sort of uh, uh, something that went on in there, right? So this person, for example, may have difficulty accepting another flock, embracing um, a, a another church because that heart still remains wounded from that prior incident and wounded so deep. But, but, but it's easier to drag them in and say, you know what, I'm just going to say this quick prayer over you and everything will be fine. No, no, no. That wound needs to be treated in some form, and it needs to be treated deeply and properly. The things that people are crying out and hurting for now is just not as simple as just get, you know what, let me just write you out a quick one scripture, um, one scripture prescription and send you on your way. Mm -mm. Nope. Not how any of this works. It's just not, right? The next one, and then uh, under that point of the spiritual wounds, you know, uh, going through this piece, he writes, what appears to outsiders to be a lack of interest in the, you know, in the church, in the world, uh, uh, in their own lives, it, it, what appears to be a lack of interest is the fear of being hurt again because it hasn't been dealt with initially. It's that fear. But if we don't talk to people, if we don't put programs into place, programs that show ministries that we truly care, we're trying to get to the bottom of it, right? We're just not trying to give you a quick fix and send you on your way. We're trying to fully treat and figure out how deep does this wound go? I just can't put a little peroxide 
slide in it. And, and, no, no. We have to be careful and cognizant and aware of that. And, and, and if we're really studying and looking at the wisdom that's within, um, you know, the good book, We'll, we'll know that, right? But we're trying to move so fast these days, shuffling people in and out. We got this service. We got this service. We got this going on. I got this going on. Well, I got to count. Well, you know what? I got five weddings this week. I got to stop by the hospital. You know, we got all of this stuff that's going on. And, and we're, we're forgetting about the, the wounded people, the people that are coming in crying out for help. And then we say, well, you know what? For every five that I lose, mm-mm. What does the scripture say? If you got that, leave that 99. Go after that one. Figure out what it is that can truly be done to help them, right? The next one. Next one. Spiritual malnutrition. Now, what falls under that category is believers who do not grow in their faith may easily become malnourished, right? We know how the Bible talks about um, how people start the journey of faith but over time it starts to waste and fade away but we know the word you know what does it say the grass withers the flower fades but the word of our god will stand forever sometimes our journeys of faith they don't last forever people start to become malnourished right um but then there's another form of that and i love how this is put there's another variation on spiritual malnutrition and it's caused by an imbalanced diet right the same way if i say you know what i'm just gonna have carrots and cake carrots and cake carrots and cake that's all i'm gonna eat right i got my veggies so busy being busy but not ministering to the souls come on now come on now male that's exactly what i'm talking about that's what we're trying to reach the soul of the soul because that is what it's about, right? Exactly what it's about. And, and the thing about it, if you ask somebody, who are you? You know, are you, you know what, um, you know, what's your faith? The first thing they're going to list to you is who their pastor is. The next thing they're going to talk about is their, the church building itself and all the amenities, you know, that the building comes with. Mm -mm -mm. That's not what I'm asking. When I say, what is your faith? I'm wanting to know what is your faith? I'm not asking what the, the pastor, the minister, the reverend, the bishop is relaying to you. I'm not asking what congregate, what church are you a member of? I'm asking who are you within the body of Christ? That's what's important, right? But people get so caught up. I'm a part of this church. I'm a part of this group. I'm a part of this assembly. I'm a part of this foundation that you forget. And even down to the point where it says, you know, well, this is my church. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That is God's church. And when you get to the point where you forget and say, this is my church, this is my ministry, that's not how any of this works. This is God's ministry. This is for God's recognition. This is for God's glory. You know you stepped into the fleshly vein when you say, this is my church. This is my flock. This is my congregation. Mm -mm -mm. Because who is the, the, the senior pastor? Who is the lead pastor? God. That's who the lead pastor is. All of the rest of us just fall under that. Come on now. Mm -hmm. We talking about it tonight. We got the table laid out here. We ready to go. Like I said, if you ain't got insurance, don't worry about it. I'm not charging you. This is a free checkup that we going through tonight. Uh, so like I said, if I just go 
on a diet of carrots and cake, carrots and cake. I got my veggies, but then I got the sweet. That's all I got, right? We become, uh, uh, it's still a malnutrition. Cake and carrots, cake and carrots. Welcome back, Pastor Monique. That's a problem, right? I'm going to become malnourished at some point because it's an unbalanced diet, right? That same way we become spiritually, we, we fall into spiritual malnutrition. How? Because we're rejecting the whole of God's word. We're not preaching the whole of God's word, right? Now there was a senator. Oh, they put him through the ringer. Put him through the ringer on Twitter. I'm not gonna call his name um you want to find out? Hey, go uh, go, go do your research, right? There was a senator, senator, and they I said, Senator, Lord have mercy. My God, God, you trying to speak? Hold on, Holy Spirit. There was a senator, uh, and they gave him a lot of flack because every scripture that he posted every day only came from Proverbs, right? And people say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with Proverbs, but it's not a balanced biblical diet, right? And, and it says here, but a Balanced biblical diet would demand reading the pithy self-help lines of uh, Proverbs along with the laments and prayers of the Psalms. Likewise, it's easy for preachers to fall into the habit of only studying and only preaching from the parts of the Bible that they most like. That's why preaching from the lectionary is a good spiritual discipline, right? Uh, and it says here, lay Christians are prone to take up a spiritual diet that's too rich in sweetness and light, um, um, too rich in sweetness and light are in judgment and fear, right? So uh, you, you're taking on all the good fluffy stuff. We preaching all of the, you know what, uh, tomorrow at this time, you're going to be blessed. You're going to have this. You're going to have that. All material things. He was trying to instill some wisdom in them. Well, you know what? Amen. That's all I got to say on that one. Amen. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, so that leads to a little bit of, um, you know which senator I'm talking about, <laughs> uh, Pastor Monique. Uh, don't call a man name if you do. Uh, you can put his initials up there. But, um, you know, there has to be a balanced diet. I just can't sit. Yes, 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 I love God's grace. But I also have to flip back on occasion and say, ooh, what's Revelation say? You know, ooh, you know, what's going on in Acts? Let me take a look at, you know, Ezekiel. And y'all know I love my Proverbs myself. I've done many, many lessons out of Proverbs. But I also have to look and say, well, you know what? Mm, let's see what happened over here uh, with Israel in Second Chronicles. You have to have a healthy, balanced biblical diet, right? Or a spiritual malnutrition sets in. It can't be all a love fest, but, the, but then you can't just, you have to put a little bit of the part in there of the judgment and hey, it's just a reality. We don't like to read it. Sometimes as we read it, we feel like, oh, we, oh, we, my gosh, my gosh. Oh, God has hit me right there. I said on Jay's scope early, oh, you know, the Jesus clap back, hashtag Jesus clap back. When he clapped back, you know, at the apostles, when they were like, you know, why is this lady uh, wasting all this perfume? And he said, well, 
you know, I've been here all this time and she's been, you know, um, over here busy, uh, you know, glorifying and praise and worship, you know, and, but y'all ain't offered me nothing, right? Jesus clapped back. And I said, Ooh, uh, he perfected the clap back long before we did. Cause I know sometimes I'll be reading through the scripture and I'll be like, Oh, Ooh, wait, Jesus told them, didn't he? He really got down. He did not miss words, you know? And when he went into the temple and, you know, just start flipping the thing, like, get this mess out of here. This is not what my temple is supposed to be about right so let's look at the next one that may need a spiritual checkup spiritual paralysis yes spiritual paralysis now that's a believer who becomes rigid in their faith and, and suffers a form of spiritual paralysis right seeing the spiritual life or church life only right he is the king a clapback i love it you know matter of fact i may go through and uh come up with a clapback scope <laughs> famous jesus clapbacks when he said hold up a minute let me tell you let me set you straight you know um see it, it, that spiritual paralysis when you see in the spiritual life um or church life only through the lens of our own experiences right that breeds a stiffness that can lead to becoming a spiritual corpse right if we're only seeing things through our lenses through what's going on in our little bubble you know there's no in our bubble there everybody's fed everybody has money coming in there's no sickness everybody's doing just fine but outside of that bubble there are people with problems like and it's been in my mind all week sister mel was telling me about when they went out um doing the women to women event this weekend and the young lady that came up asking for uh women's undergarments and, and when they gave her the pair coming to find out this lady has been using plastic as um her, her her undergarment right using plastic in substitute because she didn't have underwear to wear come on now you open your drawer and you're like which one of these 300 pair do i want to wear today it's easy to forget outside of our bubble in our life that there's somebody and we look we're like mm -mm, i don't want that old pair i wore that pair one time well i know i paid 25 dollars for them but victoria's like i don't want them I don't want them. And we forget about that person that's out there. They were like, I don't care. As long as they clean, I, I don't care if they come from the Dollar Tree. Do you have a pair of underwear that you can offer me? You know what I'm saying? We forget, we we get caught up in that bubble, right? healthy fair exercise of the mind and spirit as the scripture says renewing the mind renewing the spirit exploring new ideas weighing them against the measures of our own experience and saying well this may be my experience but let me look a little bit broader and see what's going on out there what are other people going through what do other people need help with right being present with other people that look different from us to, to, um, uh, their lives look different from our lives, right? People that think different from us. A lot of the times we get comfortable because we want to stay in that lane of, you know what, I'm just going to talk to these people that I know think like I do because they're going to agree with what I say and everything is going to be fine. Mm. See, I've been thinking about that all week, Mel. Uh, Mel is saying she was willing to wear men's underwear just to have a pair of underwear as opposed to being wrapped in plastic for an undergarment come on now come on now what's going on with the world you know um oh my goodness mm, mm, mm. that should not be not that should not be 
not in what is considered to be the richest country in the world. That should not be by any circumstance. It should not be. This should not be. That's not how any of this is, is supposed to work. Not with as many religious organizations as we have. Not with as many Christian organizations as we have. Not with as many Christians, some of them with more money than they will ever be able to count, lose track after they hit so high, a calculator won't even go that high. That should not be the case, right? You have people living in what's considered the richest country in the world, people living in third world conditions. Come on now, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, but that's the case in this present day and age. You have people in this country living in third world conditions, and you have people in third world living better than some of the people over here. It, it, it's, mm, 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 by God. Ooh, let me keep on going here. But, you know, um, through that, with with that type of spiritual paralysis, you know, it, it may, may be suddenly onset. It may be something that came in over time, right? But there's also another portion of that, right? Fear comes into that because we know fear. Hey, Brother Daryl, fear seriously can paralyze us, right? So under that spiritual paralysis, you're thinking, oh my God, I have all this stuff in my past. I want to come, you know, I, I really want to get involved with this. You know, I'm really liking the way this ministry is going. I really like the way this church is going. But they're spiritually paralyzed because they've watched people on too many occasions step forward to be testified and to be shot down because of it. Blessings, welcome. To, and being shot down because of it. Instead of saying, welcome forth, my child, finding some ministry, some sort of therapy, some sort of um, program to get them involved in, it's turned around on them. Oh, so the, mm, that's what you've been doing all this time before you decided to come to church. That's not how any of this works. That is not the way ministry is to be handled. It's just not. And there's nothing nobody can say or do to convince me otherwise, right? And here it says, um, this is a kind of uh, paralysis caused by fear, right? Um, the same with spiritual paralysis, whether fear of being discovered for who we really are or a fear of betraying the faith of our childhood, right? Fear of betraying the faith because of something that's happened in the childhood. Fear of disappointing the family keeps people from exercising the spiritual. Thank you, Pastor Monique. Thank you. But God um, keeps us from ex uh, exercising and holds people back in fear of exercising their spiritual muscles. The same thing that I went through when I said, God, so you want me to get out here. How am I going to come back now after the life that I lived all of those years prior, all of those years, and then have to come back in and say, well, it, back then I I was in the homosexual lifestyle, but then God, you really want me to step out. Oh God, I'm going to really have to tighten up my faith and come out of fear and say, but that was then this is now I'm, I, I'm carrying out, you know, God's will, God's purpose, what was called anointed, approved and appointed. Right. And that's how I said, um, last night, removing the religion 
part out of it and saying it's about my relationship with God. I don't care what you got to say, right? That same fear I told you guys, um, you know, when I wrote my book and put it out from wondering to walking in faith, breaking uh, the stronghold of abuse, right? Some of you can see I've redone uh, the cover on this, right? And I had to call my mom and say, mama, the book's about to come out. I had to call each and every one of my brothers and say, the book is about to come out. But I had to juxtapose that with, it's about to come out. And I hope you okay with it. But if you're not, you're going to have to figure out how to deal with that because the book is coming out, right? Sometimes we hold back. And we're paralyzed because of that fear. We hold back in ministry. We're trying to put on a, a front, a facade, so we look good out in the row of pews, right? Hey, yes, yes, uh, Pastor Monique. Uh, we hold back in the pew. We're trying to hold back our praise and worship. You want to stand up. You want to shout. You want to testify and tell everybody what God has delivered you from, how you was out on the street doing any and everything with any and everybody for a dollar but now you're doing any and everything to glorify the name of God because he got you and he turned your life around but you don't want everybody on the other end of the pew and you don't want everybody from the pulpit looking at you side-eyed and holding that against you right you don't want them little conversations going around throughout the mm-hmm excuse me y'all I'm gonna just excuse me Lord I'm gonna step out here a second you don't want the whole congregation saying y'all know she used to be a hoe mm-hmm that's all she was but now she want to be up in here hollering amen yes you do yes i do yes i am up in here hollering you talking about what's then i came in here to testify i came in here to come out of spiritual paralysis it is not your job and part of your ministry to hold that against me come on now this is why we're losing people this is what's wrong these are the things that people are trying to put band-aids on and act like ain't nothing wrong no this is a problem the whole thing needs a spiritual checkup they need to lay it out on the table and get out the stethoscope whatever you need to look at and say man what's going on in me what's going on in my ministry is any of this going on is there anything unhealthy let's look at the last one here the last one is spiritual virus we know from human experience that it's possible to look fine. Just like I said, my neighbor, I thought she was losing weight because like I said, it's hot here. Hot, hot. It passed hot. It's hot here. Very hot outside, right? I thought that's why she was losing weight. I didn't know the lady's husband is over there, um, you know, laid up on cancer. And the way she described him, she said, you know, he used to be a big, bulky guy, tall, upright, um, you know, did all kinds of different jobs. But now looking at my husband, looking like a, a half-dead skeleton, this is what she described to me with tears in her eyes not even an hour ago. We are to give God praise for our deliverance. Come on. That's what we're supposed to do. We not supposed to try and take them and rush them down into the basement so we can get on to the offering we're not supposed to cut these people's praise and worship and triumph and celebration of deliverance we're not trying to rush that but no oh we the two o'clock service gonna be coming in we need to get this sanctuary cleaned up you know what M uh, move her on over there and somebody get her quiet so we can move on no that is not how any of this works 
It's just not. This needs to stop. It's causing spiritual sickness throughout the body of Christ. The entire body, the, uh, uh, the body, the entire body is causing it in the buildings and it's causing it within the body. These fleshly body. It's a problem. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. The next part, that spiritual virus. I'm talking about my neighbor. She looked fine, but until I asked her and she told me why she was losing the weight, you know, from the stress of her husband's uh, um, so what started out as uh, lung cancer, but is now to develop to cancer in his back in two different spots. Finding out she has a form of hepatitis, they're waiting on the test results to find out what's causing her liver to fail. That's why she's losing weight so fast. So the same thing with a virus. You, you look fine on the outside, yet on the inside there is a disease. Run that back. You look fine on the outside yet carry a disease on the inside your building is beautiful i love your 300 foot golden cross when the people drive by it just says mm, to the people i love your beautifully manicured lawn i love your beautiful purple pews uh and i really like the ones up front that say reserved on it for the high tithers up there mm -hmm. somebody know what i'm talking about I, and you know what them balcony seats that's up there for the other twenty thousand, those are nice too but if you could put a little bit of padding in those because i don't like feeling like i'm sitting in a football stadium when i'm sitting in the church come on somebody i'm talking tonight i'm talking i'm telling them i'm telling them hold on a minute i'm telling them mm, i have to talk to him he like make sure you tell him this right so that spiritual virus right and doctors tell us now the go back and check it out the most contagious period for viruses usually occurs before the symptoms start showing proven fact the most contagious period for a virus is before the symptoms start showing. The same is true for people when there's a spiritual virus, right? There's some discontent, uh, discontentment. There's agendas going on within the inside, you know? Some, um, some, some slight, you know, a hand, a mind, a word, you know, takes place in, in the central spiritual system. And it begins to infect the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. It really does. Just think about it, right? This may take months. This may take years. But the damage that it does, the damage that it has done as the virus lays in wait. You know, it just sits there and it's just bubbling and it's just waiting. In the same way when people are like, you know what? I've been feeling fine. And they go in and the doctor said, I don't know how you've been getting up every morning for the past 10 years. This should have killed you. This virus has been laying dormant. Come on now, somebody know what I'm talking about, right? Now, the other thing about this, when spiritual sickness, we know that it can spread through the church, it spreads through families, it spreads through friends, it spreads through social networks, it spreads through organizations, it spreads across social media. Come on now, come on. Whether it's spread by one carrier or many, because the thing about a virus, you know, is when you pick it up, if I come over and I sneeze it onto mail and mail sneeze 
squeezes and passes it on to the next person. It's just in motion. It's in motion. That's how that gets going. It starts, it, 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 what do they call it? It's carrier virus. It becomes a carrier then. And it's just carried from one person to the next. From one person to the next. And the illness creates viral discontent within communities, within churches, within families, within organizations, within our fleshly selves. It, it, it creates and it breeds discontent and this ability to sicken even otherwise healthy people. That's what happens once the virus starts to spread, right? And just a little bit, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just a little bit of this virus, but God, but God, just a little bit of this virus, even passing through, take something as simple as a conversation, right? It can take root in others and then it just grows and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the next thing you know, it's an epidemic. And if there ain't no remedy, that is salt or provided, that's a problem. That's a problem. You got what it goes from an epidemic to a pandemic. And right now, I really fear that we're coming close to a pandemic if we don't really and truly start to look at these sicknesses, spiritual wounds that aren't being treated. When people are coming in and crying out for help, they don't need that they already know they don't need to be beat down about it first. They don't need to hear a lecture about it. They need you to listen and to be able to help them get down into that wound, clear everything out. It's like gangrene. I can't go over to the grocery, and I'm pointing that way because the grocery store is about a two-minute walk from here, not even that. I cannot go over there if I got gangrene and get some of that little foot powder and sprinkle it on my foot and lay down and get up in the morning and expect that my foot is going to be okay. No, you need to go over. Somebody's going to get need to get in deep. It may require amputation if it's gotten to to the point where that wound cannot be healed sometimes we need to go in and amputate out whatever is festering inside when people are coming to us spiritually wounded Amen. The next one, spiritual malnutrition. We can't just give them, like I say, you can't just give cake and carrots, cake and carrot. Everything just can't be sweet because most carrots are sweet. Most cakes are sweet. We can't just keep giving these people the sweet and, uh, and causing spiritual malnutrition. We have to, even though we don't want to look at that part of the scripture, if the scripture says thou shalt not, this will happen. Thou shalt not because this will happen. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. And you can't turn. You, no. You have to give a balanced biblical diet whether you like it or not otherwise you're robbing the people you're becoming a you may as well just call put on some green tights and a little hat and start calling yourself robbing you just robbing the people and it's not right next one spiritual paralysis people that have become so rigid in their faith seeing everything from only one perspective not wanting to talk to anybody on the outside of your perspective trying to solve anything mm -mm, nope Mm -mm, I don't want to hear nothing those Methodists have to say. I don't want to hear nothing the Pentecostals have to say. I don't want to hear nothing the fivefold has to say at all. I don't want to hear nothing the Anglican Baptists have to say. Mm -mm, there is a problem. We need to be able to come together. The Ecclesia, 
many members, one body. I don't care if you add 4,999 million more different sections of religion under it. Many members, but there is one body, right? And as I said before, we need to be a little bit off in our math, right? One plus one plus one is what? Hmm? What is it? It's one. No, it's not three. It's one. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. No matter what you're under, right? It's about Jesus Christ. Now, you can say God all day long, but what God? What God are you talking about? That's what I need you to break down. What God are you referring to? Because there's a lot of people use the term God. So when you say, do you believe in God? And they say, mm-hmm. Okay, which one? Which one? That's what we need to come to, right? Because we just said, you believe in God. You know what? You want you to come to church with me on Sunday. Then you end up with a spiritual virus because you brought in something without knowing what's going on. And then it just starts to infect everything within the last one, the spiritual virus. So that covers our spiritual sicknesses. Like I said, if you ain't got insurance, don't worry about it. You ain't gonna get no, ain't gonna be nothing on there that says tornado uh, bill to your insurance by tornado network. This is a free checkup mm-hmm. from, from, uh, from the neck all the way down. And, and I hope as I say, that you may say, mm-hmm, she may be on to something right there, right? Now, I ain't going to leave you without a cure. What's the cure to it? The first step is to acknowledge that it exists. That's the first step, right? Even minor illnesses can become life-threatening if they are left untreated right? We've seen that. We know that. You may have experienced that. You may have said, you know what? I thought that was just a little uh, cut. Who was it? Like the famous singer. Uh, what ended up being a simple toe injury. For one of my favorite uh, saying for a while, um, people knew I had everything. Marley, Marley flops, Marley cups, Marley hats, Marley shirts, Marley everything, right? And, and what came from uh, a, a little cut when he was playing soccer, it turned into uh something that ended up uh playing a part in him losing his life right the famous robert nesta marley mr bob marley so even minor illnesses minor cuts and abrasions can become life-threatening life-taking if they're left untreated denial of spiritual sickness is among the path uh, uh, along that path of least resistance but it's a road that must be taken. You must look and be honest and say, man, 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 it, it, do I have any of this going on within myself? Do I have any of this going on within my ministry? Do I have any of this going on within God's church building? Amen. Now, come on, right? It's okay. Give yourself a checkup. The way they say, you know, do the different checks, you know, the mammograms, you know, all of the different stuff that we can do. Give yourself a checkup. It's okay, right? The second step, becoming spiritually active, stretching your mind, stretching your spirit, working your faith out. Get up off that pew, go outside, move around, see what's going on out there. Like I talked about on the scope, going a little bit deeper, you know, uh, from ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep, to the point where you're like, I am fully submerged in the whole of God. That's the second step in it, right? Going to church to be challenged, not comforted. I'm going to run that back. Going to church, to the church building, to be challenged, not comforted. Engaging 
and, and robust, you know, good hearty conversations with people who see the world differently. Because if you're talking to the same people, that's a little bit, uh, that's an easy, nice comfort zone to sit in. We have to start coming out of that, being able to sit down and have agreeable, disagreeable discussions with people uh, that have different mindsets. That's the only way that any type of peace and transformation can become, can become to and not walk away from the table with plans to hold everything what's been, that's been discussed against that person or against that that organization that's not how it's supposed to work right confronting the anger that's inside being honest about what's motivating it that's how we start putting in the steps lining up cures for these problems right and you guys know I always like to put in a question so the question before I close out the question that I want to leave you with what are you spreading if the faith that you say you have now is viral, would it make people spiritually healthy or will it make them spiritually ill? The faith that you have now, what are you spreading? Will it spiritually heal or will it spiritually kill? And remember my story that I told you at the beginning. The poison that's out there is that's designed to kill rodents. It's 95% food and only 5% poison. Think about that. I'll be back here tomorrow night to wrap things out for the week. Until then, think about that question. The faith that you have, if it's viral, what's it spreading? Spiritual healing or spiritual killing? All right, now, walk good, do good, be good, all right? Tornado, I'm out of here. I love y'all. I really, really do. That's why I had to bring you this message from tonight. Oh, and God says he loves y'all too. Don't be mad at him. Y'all can talk to him about it when you go in your war room and lay prostrate later, all right? We love y'all. You all know the Torah. 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 Torah.